I, that's my quote. I usually tell them like, you know, others will add years to your life. My goal is to add life to your years. You're listening to Love and Libido with me, your host, Dr. Emily Jamia. The goal of this podcast is to educate and inspire. My hope is that you will learn tools to create connection and cultivate passion, both within yourself and in your relationships. Here's what's coming up on today's episode. If you are a penis owner or a partner of a penis owner, you need to listen to today's episode. Erectile dysfunction can affect even the most confident men. Unfortunately, the penis does not have an on-off switch. Anything from stress, health issues, relationship conflict, or having too much to drink can cause problems. Chances are most of my male listeners have been there at some point in their lives, but what do you do when the anxiety becomes so great that your erectile function totally goes out the window? If therapy doesn't help, what medical interventions are available? Could a penile implant be right for you? That's the topic of today's episode. Today, I am joined by my close colleague, Dr. Jonathan Clavel, who is a board-certified urologist practicing in downtown Houston. He is fellowship-trained in sexual medicine and an adjunct assistant professor in surgery for the University of Texas in Houston Division of Urology. His areas of expertise include penile prosthetics, treatment of erectile and orgasmic dysfunctions, complex Peyronie's disease, penile rehabilitation after prostate cancer surgery, and the treatment of urinary symptoms for prostate enlargement. He is one of the highest volume surgeons for penile prosthesis surgery in the United States. And this is the reason we wanted to invite him over to talk to us about his experience. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. My inbox is flooded with DMs on a daily basis with people just like you who want help with their sex and relationship issues. I wish I had time to answer all of your questions, but luckily other resources are available. Look, without healthy relationships and a calm mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is help is available. You deserve to be happy, and now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. And as a special offer to Love & Libido listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash dremily. That's betterhelp.com slash dremily. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Okay, Dr. Clavel, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so thrilled to have you here. No, thank you, Dr. Jamia. I mean, it's a, it's a pleasure to, to be here uh, sharing this podcast with you. Yeah, absolutely. So you and I originally met about five or six years ago, I think. And That's right. Yeah, you reached out to me. And what I loved about you reaching out to me to begin with was that you were wanting to establish some relationships with certified sex therapists in the area because you were starting your practice and you saw the value of working collaboratively, which, you know, I think doctors are starting to see a little bit more of these days, but certainly wasn't the case that much when I first started. And part of that is because you have a fellowship in sexual medicine. So I'd love to just learn a little bit more about you and how you got into the field and ended up with this specialty. Well, definitely, definitely. I mean, yes, I'm, I'm well, I'm a urologist and I did my residency for five years and I needed to uh, either choose to uh, go into practice or subspecialize. And I decided to go into sexual medicine. The reason I went into sexual medicine was 
Um, I did a lot of research during my during my residency years in sexual medicine with um, who ended up being like my main mentor, Dr. Ron Wong from UT Houston and MD Anderson. And most of our research was on rehabilitation uh, after prostate cancer, uh, how we were able to uh, help men recover their sexual life after prostate cancer treatments. Um, that was most of my research. And then he invited me to be a part of the SMSNA, which is the Sexual Medicine Society of North America. He invited me to be to go to the meeting. And there was a course for specifically for residents. And it was mostly on penile implants. And I remember just sitting there among like 25 other residents and all these speakers, you know, came in to talk about uh, their experiences in the field. And I remember just sitting back and I'm like, I see myself doing this and I, and I really want to do this. And that's when I decided to go into fellowship. I did my fellowship at MD Anderson um, and UT Houston, mostly on, again, uh, prostate cancer survivorship uh, with a special focus on the treatment of peripheral CCs and, um, and penile implants. And then I decided to go into practice. I had to stay here in Houston because my wife, uh, she was uh, finishing her dermatology residency, so I didn't want we wanted we did not want to be in long distance for a long time, so therefore we decided to stay. And yeah, I mean, when I started off, I remember you know I was speaking with uh, my you know who who became my partner, and we were talking it's like, hey, like like who do you refer for patients who have psychogenic ED? Um, if you guys have if you have somebody who who needs a pelvic floor muscle therapist. And he's like, I don't have anybody. So I started, <laughs> I started researching online. I'm pretty sure you've, you know, you, you, um, and Dr. Cohen, I mean, you guys had wonderful reviews and you guys do a wonderful job over there at Revive. Um, and that's when I decided to reach out to you. You responded. I remember we had lunch mm -hmm. and, um, and yeah, and it, and it became a, a great, you know, relationship and, and collaboration between, you know, both of our practices. And my patients are very happy. They always responded being very happy. And I'm very happy yeah. that we were able to collaborate. Yeah. And you know what I love about your story is this is so much more about helping people survive after prostate cancer. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is really about helping people thrive because it's not just that people want to live. They want to live full, meaningful lives and their sex lives are a big part of that. And it's not enough for a lot of folks to just say, okay, I'm living, but my penis no longer functions the way That's right. it used to. And so over the years, I've treated numerous couples who are really struggling in their relationships psychologically and emotionally because of the aftermath of having prostate cancer. And a lot of them don't really see a light at the end of the tunnel. And so of course we work on, you know, alternatives of alternative ways of connecting and alternative ways of discovering pleasure with each other. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think what a lot of people miss is the ability to enjoy an erect penis and whatever capacity that is. And I think that that's where you come in. That, that is true. That is true. And I mean, usually what I tell my patients is like, there are many doctors out there that focus on adding years to your life, right? Um, and my, uh, I, I, that's my quote. I usually tell them, it's like, you know, others will add years to your life. My goal is to add life to your years. Oh, um, I, 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 I want you to have an improved quality of life because, you know, for me, I mean, usually I tell my patients like sex is ageless, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are, I have many couples in their 80s who tell me it's like, doc, we're having better sex than we were 30 years old. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, and, and that can be 
with or without an erection. And, yes. and that's what's what's impactful about, you know, what we do, because uh, we can try to help guide, you know, patients, uh, both men and women to have an improved sexual life. And, and it's it's really cool uh, how we're able to help them out. And I don't regret one bit. I love what I do. Yeah, same. I mean, I think when you're in the field of sexuality, whatever capacity that is, you find meaning every day in the work and helping people enjoy that part of their lives. So I, I totally share that feeling. So let's talk about penile implants a little bit. I'd like to dive into that um, because I don't know how many people know about that or would even really consider that as an option for them. So what is a penile implant and what kind of person would be a good candidate for one? Yeah, so a penile implant again is a medical device that um, is, you know, has been created. And believe it or not, it's actually been almost fifty years. Actually, twenty twenty three will be year number fifty from when the first implant, you know, was was available. So it's been, you know, out there longer than Viagra and Cialis and all these other medications that have, uh, you know, created a, a big impact into our society. So a penile implant again is a device that we place inside a man's penis to help them achieve an erection. So it is a treatment option for erectile dysfunction. Um, and it can also help straighten out penises, you know, for guys who have peyronie disease as well. Uh, but it's mostly to create a, you know, create or revive the functionality of a penis, basically. Gotcha. So you mentioned Peyronie's disease a couple of times. So for those listening, Peyronie's disease is essentially curvature of the penis. And that, that mostly happens when it's erect. And sometimes a curvature can be kind of insignificant for other people. It can be quite significant and even painful or uncomfortable for them or for their partner. So um, anything you want to add to that? I mean, when it comes to, well, I mean, talking about peronitis, we can add like five more yeah. <laughs> podcasts about that. Um, but regarding a penile implant, again, there are different types. Um, there is a malleable implant and an inflatable implant. The malleable implant basically has two rods that are malleable, hence the name, and are placed inside the penis. Um, a man is able to mold the penis straight when he wants to have sex and he can mold it to the side whenever he's wearing pants. And then we have the inflatable implant, which is the most common one that we use. Um, we, you know, many surgeons call it the Cadillac of implants and is the <laughs> one most commonly used here in the United States. And this one allows a man again to have a strong erection whenever he wants to, and then he can just deflate it. It has a little pump. Uh, in the scrotum that the patient can use to deflate the implant and also inflate it whenever he wants to have. And the good thing about the inflatable implant, it is the closest thing to a natural erection that a man can get once he reaches, once, once he has erectile dysfunction. Um, it is a treatment for erectile dysfunction. One thing, again, I know we don't have a lot of time, but one thing I always like men to remember and women it's like the penile implant is not the last resort for erectile dysfunction. Um, like whenever, you know, years ago, like when I was, when I started uh, in residency, I remember, I remember the guidelines stated that it was the last resort. So you had to try pills first and then if pills didn't work. You had to try a vacuum pump, the vacuum pump didn't work. You could try an injection and yeah. so forth and so on and so on. And then the implant was left as the last resort. But now uh, we already know that patients and their partners have, you know, are, more satisfied with the implant in comparison to every or any other treatment option. 
Mostly it's because again, the, one of the things, and I'm pretty sure, you know, I mean, you talk about this with your patients all the time. It's like one of the things that erectile dysfunction can cause to a couple, not a man only, but also a couple is that it can cause anxiety. And I usually tell, I, I try to be as descriptive as possible with my patients and I, and I try to remind them, right? It's like, tell them, it's like, Hey, I know, like, whenever you're going to have sex, even if you take a pill, what's the first thing you tell your wife? Well, honey, if you want to, you know, be active, then you have to help me out, you know, help me down there. And the, you know, the partner is right there messing with the guy's penis, trying to stimulate it as much as possible uh, to see if it works. And you can probably get like a 60%, 70% erection. Then the guy, you know, they, he is finally able to penetrate. And then whenever they're pe he's penetrating, everything goes down and we're back yeah. to square one and it, yeah. it can create stress within the relationship. It can create a lot of anxiety, you know, for the man, because then mm -hmm. sometimes also for the couple, you know, for the partner, sometimes the partner's like, oh, well, he's probably not attracted to me anymore. Uh, it's probably me. And again, it's this, it's just a bunch of psychogenic and psychological problems that can cause, uh, that can, that the couple can have. And the good thing about the penile implant is every single time a man wants to have sex, he will be able to. Because again, it's in a sense, yes, it is mechanical, but but the erection itself is mechanical. So that's another thing that we have to remind couples. This will not increase your arousal. This will not increase your orgasm or your ejaculation. This will not even bring blood flow to the head of the penis. The only thing that the implant will do is get the shaft hard and enough for you to be able to penetrate. But whenever you are able, you know, whenever a man who has erectile dysfunction is able to inflate his penis on demand, then he knows, you know, up in his mind and his psyche, he's like, I know I'm 100% confident that I will be able to perform. And that changes everything. Now they can actually focus on each other. They don't have to focus on the penis because they know the penis will work. So that's yeah. why I have couples in their 70s telling me, like, hey, doc, I feel like when I was 25. <laughs> why? Because when you were 25 years old, well, many men who were, you know, who are 25 years old, they don't even have to think about it. The erection right. comes like on demand all the time. Yeah. Uh, and that's a pretty, pretty neat thing about it. And that's why there is such a high satisfaction rate. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And it's true. I mean, ED psychologically can be such a complicated issue. It's so multifaceted. Of course, there's the anticipatory anxiety that the person with the penis is experiencing, but then all the stuff that you mentioned, a lot of times when I'm working with couples and I ask them the question, what was the worst part of the experience for you when you were unable to get an erection? Nine times out of 10, they'll say something along the lines of the look on my partner's face. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh and so I think that just really compounds the issue for them and just heightens the anxiety that much more. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is for, for people who are choosing to use things like Viagra or Cialis to get an erection, that can help a lot of people. But sometimes if the anxiety is strong enough, the pill will not work. And not so as, as you mentioned, it it's not a, a surefire solution for a lot of folks. And, and then there's the injections that you mentioned, which that can be kind of painful and uncomfortable. And a lot of people don't want to have to do that either. I mean, injecting your penis every time you want to have sex isn't necessarily appealing to a lot of folks. Um, and neither is the pump. And so I can, I can see that maybe this isn't necessarily a last resort, but might yeah. be a, so, so be so believe it or not, believe it or not. I mean, it is not the first option either. Usually what we tell them is like, Hey, you can try at least the medication. Like it's the least invasive option. And usually what I tell guys, like, imagine like you have multiple doors, like once you try the pills, all the other doors are available for you. 
regarding the injections, believe it or not, like in my experience, at least in my practice, like the patients don't complain so much about the injection itself being painful. What they don't like about the injection is the lack of spontaneity. Because again, one of the things that that we, you know, whenever everybody who's in a relationship is like, we want things to be spontaneous when it comes to sex. If you, like many couples who just put it on a schedule, it's like one of you know, one of the of the persons in the couple are probably not going to be into it at the moment, right? So it's something that kind of like happens. And but the problem with, you know, especially like on a heterosexual couple, if you have a guy who's, you know, who has his you know wife or something, and they're going to have sex, whenever the wife is in the mood, he's like, Hey, honey, time out, I have to go to the fridge, get the medication, draw the medication, inject it into my penis, wait 10, 15 minutes. And by the time the guy's ready, now the partner's like, oh, I'm really not the in the mood gone. anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's when then, then I usually they jokes like, Hey, doc, now I'm, you know, started to watch TV with an erection, and I had to wait an hour or two for to go down so right. usually that's what what many men don't like about the injections and one of the benefits again that the implant will do for them if they're using injections or they're using pills and you're going to travel you have to carry those medications with you right so the right. good thing about the penile implant it is always there with you and you can use it on demand if you want to have sex for five minutes you can have sex for five minutes if you want to have sex for two hours you can have sex for two hours if you want to go th for three rounds you can go for three rounds <laughs> and the cool thing about it just like you were mentioning it's like there will be able you know if their partner is seeking uh sexual penetration and intercourse they will be able to do that um so i always ask my patients like what is your goal and and you're just like you said it's like nine out of ten times what their goal is like, doc, I just want to be able to satisfy my, my partner. I just want to be able to satisfy my wife. Um, and it's something that, that, you know, I, I try to ask them, what is your goal? So we're able to help them reach that goal. Cause sometimes with, you know, this is like another, like a parenthesis, but sometimes guys who have periodontal disease, they, I ask them, like, what is your goal? And it's like, well, doc, I just want to make sure this is not cancer. I'm like, well, that's not cancer. So you're off you go, man. You're good. I don't right. need to touch you. <laughs> Exactly. No, it's always good to make sure everyone's on the same page. And now a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Is emotional and physical intimacy a challenge in your relationship? Do you long for the feeling you had in the honeymoon phase? You're not alone. I've created a tried and true method for reinvigorating your relationship. My private online workshop takes an innovative yet scientifically based approach to teaching you the tools to cultivate passion and create connection that lasts. Visit emilyjamia.com workshop for your free trial. I am so confident that you'll have a positive outcome that I've created a 100% money back guarantee. You really have nothing to lose. And if that's not reason enough, subscribers to my podcast get 50% off. Subscribe to the show and use code half off at checkout. Offer expires at the end of the week. Visit emilyjamia.com slash workshop today. And now back to the episode. Let's talk about the procedure a little bit more itself, because I mean, we talked about some of the risks and side effects with things like medication or injection or pump, the upsides and downsides. What are some of the risks involved with the implant? So the procedure itself, it is a, you know, we call it, we, it is a surgical procedure. We do it in the operating room, uh, but it is very straightforward. And in the hands of an experienced surgeon, I mean, it usually takes about 30 to 45 minutes. Like just today, I mean, I did four penile implants and I was home. I mean, I was gone by two o'clock. Um, so again, we make a small incision either in the scrotum or below the pubic bone and the lower abdomen. Uh, usually it's about 
you know, two inches uh, long, uh, well, two, two to four inches long, and everything is placed, placed through that small incision. Uh, three months after surgery, the incision tends to be invisible to the naked eye. Um, and this is, again, an outpatient surgery that does not require any hospital stay, and recovery usually takes anywhere between three to six weeks. When it comes to complications like you were asking, so the most common complication is an infection. Uh, again, we're putting a prosthetic device inside the body, it's a foreign body, and if, the, if it becomes infected, most of the time, we have to take that foreign body out. That doesn't mean that it is game over, right? Whenever we mention infection, like patients freak out and they think they're not going to be able to have an erection ever again. Most of the time, in the hands of an experienced surgeon, we can always either replace it right there and then we wash it, we take it out, wash everything out and replace it, or we can replace it, you know, let the patient heal and then we can go back and replace it later on. That being said, the other thing to remember is that infection, yes, it is the most common risk, but in, hands of, in the hands of an experienced surgeon, most of the time, it's less than 2%. Mm -hmm. And for, and in my uh, uh, experience, for example, it's usually about 1%. Um, I mean, I do over 200 implants a year, so usually I get one or two uh, guys a year, uh, you know, that, that have an infection, but most of the time we're able to get them uh, back without any problems. That's awesome. What percentage of your patients have ED that's due to something like they've had prostate cancer, something physical versus psychogenic ED? Yeah. I mean, I don't know my own statistics, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, it is very important to remember that there are different types of erectile dysfunction. For example, the one that's, rela that, that's related to prostate cancer surgery usually is what we call neurogenic erectile dysfunction. The nerves that go and innervate the blood vessels to bring blood flow into the penis, they are interrupted whenever the prostate is removed. So that's what we call neurogenic erectile dysfunction. There's also vasculogenic erectile dysfunction. That's the most common one in older men. Um, that's when there's problems with blood flow either getting into the penis or the blood flow is not trapped inside the penis. And the way I describe this to, to my patients is like, imagine your penis being a bucket and you want that bucket to be filled with water. You either have problems with the faucet, you know, there's not enough water going into the bucket, or there's multiple tiny little holes around the bucket that don't allow the bucket to stay full. Um, and again, that's the vasculogenic. There's also hormonal erectile dysfunction that's usually related to low testosterone. Um, and there's also the psychogenic, which is the most common in younger men, which can also happen in older men. I have many guys, for example, who have peyronie disease, and they have, you know, they've they've noticed that their penis is becoming deformed. They're they're developing a curvature or narrowing, or the penis is getting shorter. And now, whenever they're going to engage in any sexual activity with a partner, they're mostly thinking about their penis rather than the partner. And if you're thinking about your penis, nobody wins that battle. Sometimes I tell them, like, your penis is not LeBron James. You cannot <laughs> try to pump it up and tell him to <laughs> right. try to cheer him on. Usually whenever you start thinking about your penis or focusing on, you know, anything besides the moment, the pleasure, you're not, yeah. you're not going to win that battle. And I have a friend, uh, also a sexual health specialist. Her name is Rachel Rubin. She mostly focuses on, on, on female sexual health. Um, and she always has this analogy. She's like, you could be in a five-star hotel with your, you know, your sexual fantasy. But if I put a tiger in the room, you're probably going to be thinking about the tiger is going to eat me. Exactly. 
yeah, rather than yeah. that. So we have we have to try to do our best to take that tiger out of the room. Right. And that's when your techniques kind of like come into play. Yeah. And that's when I'm like, you have to see Dr. Jamia. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We have a similar analogy, which is that two zebras will not mate in the presence of a lion. And so definitely if there's anything that is activating the nervous system or causing anxiety, the body's just not going to respond. You know, you yeah. can't trick it into it. It doesn't have an on and off switch. So I have to ask, do people have a choice in the size of implant that they receive or is it custom for their natural penis size? Because I think, you know, a lot of times when people think of a penile implant, they're thinking of something that's cosmetic that people are mm -hmm. wanting to make their penises bigger, but that's not really what you do. However, is, I'm a little bit curious. How, that, how does that conver conversation go? That is probably the, the number one question that we get from every single patient. It's like, hey, doc, so when or how do you determine the size? So what I tell men, again, this is something completely functional. And what we're doing is we're placing the implant inside your body. So just giving a little bit of anatomy for all our listeners is like the penis has different chambers it has the two corporal bodies and around those two corporal bodies there's an elastic tissue called the tunica albuginea and that again it's just like a sheath elastic sheath that covers the two chambers that fill up with blood so that sheath will only stretch out so much and we're placing the implant within that sheath so what i tell guys is that when it comes to size, yes, it comes in different sizes because all penises are different, right? But what we do is at the beginning of the surgery, what I do is I inflate the, I put a needle through the, you know, through the side of the penis and I start inflating it with saline just to stretch out that penis as much as possible. And when it's on stretch, that's when we make our measurements and then we kind of like have to put it custom to fit. If it's too short, then the patient's gonna have an unstable penis and the you know the implant will be there, but they might have the, the head of the penis might be all floppy. Yeah. Um, the other thing that can happen is that if I, I cannot put an implant that's too big for them, because again, that implant is a tissue expander, it would expand those tissues. And if the implant is too big, that can eventually weaken the tissues and erode through. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we don't want that. So, so, but again, that is the functional penile implant. There are other implants in the market that, that are mostly for cosmesis, but usually those are to add girth, not necessarily length to the penis, which is very important for men to remember. Because yeah. I get many calls every single day, I get, I get a call it's like, hey doc, what can you do to get my penis longer? It's like, there's nothing out there that can get a penis longer. Yes, there are things that can add girth, but nothing that will get you longer. Right. No, and I think that's an important reminder to any penis owners who are listening, who may be mm -hmm. self-conscious about their penis, you know, especially when it comes to heterosexual sex, a mm -hmm. lot of women don't necessarily want a penis that's too long because that can be really uncomfortable. And when it comes to female sexual pleasure, most of the nerve endings are located, you know, towards the exterior of the vaginal opening, which is why girth tends to be a little bit more pleasurable and tends to matter a bit more to to heterosexual women that that is true and usually what i tell men so whenever they want it's like hey doc i want the biggest one it's like remember you need to you're gonna stick it in somewhere and yeah. you don't want to get it too big and then it's too painful and now you're coming back because we need to downsize you right. uh, so we always have to to take into consideration our partner's interests as well uh, when it comes to, cosme to cosmetic uh procedures mm -hmm. and now do you do any cosmetic procedures or so right now what I'm offering is uh, I don't do it right now. I'm not offering any, any cosmetic implants. Um, but what I do offer is cosmetic fillers, uh, like dermal fillers. 
So the same thing that uh, women get very often in their cheeks and their lips, uh, we're using it uh, for growth enhancement. Um, and the good thing about it is, it, you know, I, I wasn't a believer before, believe it or not, um, but I went to a clinic in Dallas and, and I saw a guy who was a year out and I touched the, I told, I asked the guys like, can I touch it? And I touched <laughs> and I, and I touched it. I looked at it. It's like, this looks like a completely normal, natural penis. Um, and they did a really good job. The guy was very happy. So I started offering to my patients and I've had really good success with it. Um, it requires some homework for patients to do at home. Uh, but if they follow their instructions, they can have a very good outcome. Interesting. That's new information to me. I didn't know that that was an option. So. Yeah, and what and what we use is hyaluronic acid. So again, it's something that's safe. It's reversible. I mean, we can always inject the enzyme to reverse the the filler, um, and it's something that most of the time is temporary, which many men can can consider it as a disadvantage. I see it as an advantage because again, if you're not happy with it, it's not going to stay there forever. Right, right. That's the nice thing I think about fillers and those sorts of things is that a lot of times they're temporary. So if you hate it, no big deal. You just write yeah. it out. Yeah, as, but however, as opposed to lips and chicks and all those things, usually they last longer. So that's ah, an advantage. Okay. Yeah. okay, no, that is a nice perk. Yeah. Well, you said it yourself. I mean, we could have like five episodes on this. I feel like I'm looking at the clock now and I can't believe we're out of time. But um, I think this is a really interesting conversation. I already know I'm going to have you back on the show to talk about more in terms of sexual health. So I want to thank you so much, Dr. Clavel, for joining me today. I know this is going to be a popular episode and I look forward to talking to you next time. Thank, thank you for the invitation. I would love to be back and, and talk more about these topics. Thanks again for listening to Love and Libido with me, your host, Dr. Emily Jamia. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and drop me a five-star review. Share with a friend who might find it interesting. As much as we can learn from experts, nothing makes us feel more connected than hearing from each other. If you have a story that relates to today's episode or just a general question about sex or your relationship, visit loveandlibido.com and I'll share it on an upcoming episode. Be sure to visit my website, emilyjamia.com to see my latest blogs and to check out my online workshop. Subscribers to my podcast can use code half off. Finally, you can follow me across all the social media channels for daily sex and relationship tips at Dr. Emily Jamia. Thank you so much for tuning in.